Uh, today, Matthew chapter number 16, I am going to just read a few passages of scripture to lay a foundation. Stay with me today. We will go somewhere, I promise. It may start a little slow, uh, but I'm, I've got to lay a foundation today. And uh, my disclaimer before I start today is I do not want you to hear something negative per se. Uh, I, I want you to understand I love the church. I love the church of Jesus Christ. My father, my mother, they taught us the value of the church. I have watched their life as well as other men and women. And I've seen men and women go to great lengths on behalf of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought if it's something that valuable, then there's got to be something to it. So you start digging in and you figure out why is this thing so valuable? Why is people willing to give their life for it? And so I'm not speaking ill of the church, but I'm going to bring us to an awareness of the church. And if the Lord would help me today, we're going to deal with the wayward church of the 21st century. Now, if you stay to the end, I think you can hear some revelation that we have a whole lot more that we can be operating in and experiencing than we currently are. So I want us to, this may be a little more teachable today, but we'll just see how the Holy Spirit anoints and leads. Is that all right this morning? Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 13 through verse number 19. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist and some say Elias and others, Jeremiah's or one of the prophets. And then he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let us look again. It simply says in verse number 18, thou art Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let us pray. Dear heavenly father, thank you for your word. Thank you for its anointing. Thank you for your people today. Lord, I pray that you would anoint this vessel for the next few moments to speak your word with power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit and Lord we will give you the praise and the glory for all that is accomplished in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. On our text today we read the words of Jesus himself. He clearly reveals to all who was present at this moment in history as well as to all who will ever read this passage the powerful truth of how his church would be built 
as well as to what its role would be going forward. How many knows that you and I that make a confession of faith, Paul makes it very clearly that we are the temple of the Lord. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, or we can say it this way, we are the church of Jesus Christ. So first let us notice that in this passage, he declares that Peter was given divine revelation from the Father concerning his true identity. How many knows it's one thing to know somebody, it's another thing to know somebody. There was those that had walked with him and was, they said, who do men say that I am? And he said, well, some think you're this individual or that individual or you're, you're associated with this. But he said, but I'm really not concerned about what others say, but who do you say that I am? Because you're the ones that are with me. You're the ones that's walking with me. And Peter simply says, well, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And we find that in verse number 16 and 17, he says, blessed are thou for flesh and blood did not bring this revelation to you, but it was the father, which was in heaven. But then you go on and you find in verse 18, it says that upon this rock or this revelation is what I'm going to build my church upon and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How many knows that it is important for us to understand who we really are and what power we truly possess this morning? It's upon this revelation that man comes to know that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, would be the foundation upon which the church would be built. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 20 we find it says, Jesus himself been the chief cornerstone. How many knows that without Christ, there is no building of the church? Doesn't matter how intellectual we have become. It doesn't matter how much new revelation that we have encountered. Doesn't matter how many ideals men has come up with and created. Without Jesus, there is no foundation, nor is there a church. Due to that which it was going to be built upon, nothing was going to be able to penetrate it. And can I tell you today, I must take a moment and pause and remind you that that statement is still true because now after nearly 2,000 years and after many attempts, the church is still here. However, we see Jesus continued his declaration, if you will, concerning the church. In verse number 19, he says, not only upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, but also I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth, he says, you're going to be able to work and operate in dominion. You're going to be able to operate in a place of authority. His church has been given the keys that lock as well as unlock things in the heavenly realm as well as the earthly realm. This truth reveals to you and I that the church has been given authority to engage as well as to control the place of their dwelling. Stay with me. 
You say, but, but I don't know. There's so much stuff going on. Notice what James chapter 4 and verse 7 says. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We're talking about dominion. We're talking about authority. We're talking about the ability that has not given, been given to us by man, but has been given to us by our creator. One may ask, how are we able to operate in such a manner? Well, we have been given this answer in scripture. In John chapter number 16, verse number 7 through verse number 15, if you want to turn there and read along with me, I believe it's important to take the time to read it this morning. Jesus is speaking to his followers. He's not that far away from a place called Calvary that he would embark upon. And this is what he says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the prince of this world is judged." I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things, somebody say all things. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Now you have heard me say in the past, last words are important. When people are coming to the end of their life, they're not talking about the weather. Understand that. But there is things that they want to express. There's things that they want their loved ones to know. There's obligation or, or they feel like there's a sense of duty. I've got to tell them one more time or I've got to make sure this is in order. And so last words are important. And the, one of the, the very last thing that Jesus says before he is taken from this earth into the heavenlies, before he blessed the people on the side of the seashore, this is what he said. In Luke 24, 49, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Why was this so significant and important to Jesus? If we dive a little further, we uncover the reason. Acts chapter one, verse number four, Verse number five, and then verse number eight. And been assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Why is this important? Verse eight, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. With this knowledge, we come to the understanding that it is the church that not only has been given the keys, but they have been given 
the authority as well as they have been commissioned with the ultimate authority to use them for the advancing of the kingdom of God, no matter what's going on around us. Which brings me to our subject today, the wayward church of the 21st century. If something is wayward, this is the basic definition of it. It has turned or it is in the process of turning from that which is right. It has become ungovernable and it is no longer following any clear principle or law. Let me say it again. If something is wayward, it has turned or it is in the process of turning from that which is right. I could preach a whole series right there, but Lord help me, I'm trying to teach this morning. It has become ungovernable. There's another whole series right there. It is no longer following any clear principle or law. While we find ourselves living in a culture in which men will willingly talk about God, they refuse to acknowledge the church of Jesus Christ and its authority. But more troubling than that is the fact that we have individuals who proclaim to be part of the church while they live ungovernable lives. These are the people that acknowledge him, but yet they refuse to follow him. Not only has the church been given keys along with the authority to use them, it has been given a very clear objective that has been laid out in a diagram, so to speak, that shows us how and when to lock as well as unlock that which needs to be released or restricted in our lives. However, nobody wants to use this diagram. What is this diagram? It is still the truth of God's word. David said it like this in Psalms 119 and 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Can I tell you today it's time for you and I to come back to the word of the Lord. You and I are in a place of crises in our nation as well as the nations of the world. That which is right is now considered to be wrong and that which is wrong is now considered to be right. That which is up now they will tell you is down and that which is down they now will tell you is up. You and I, we are the problem today because we have some sensible thought process left in us. Listen, my friend, I'm not here to cause havoc. I'm not here to pick a fight or anything of that nature, but I am here to stand upon the truths of God's word. And I want you to understand with me today, you can't be right and God be right if you guys are in two different corners. So I will always go with God. Does it matter what society says? Does it matter what culture says? I want you to understand we are in a place where we have to acknowledge that a sinner will sin. I have no problem with that. All of us, if it wasn't for the grace of God, we would be in a mess ourselves. But because of the redemption power and the blood of Jesus Christ that's been applied to our life, thank God we can sing a song. Thank God I'm free. 
But however, I have no problem if an adult wants to live how an adult chooses to live because they are a free moral agent. But we're in a place today where we cannot bury our head in the sand when demonic forces are at work every moment of every day that is now focusing in on a generation that has never even been given the opportunity to live or to think for themselves. So you may say, what is wrong with you today? I am flustered and I am frustrated, yes. Uh, but I am not preaching from a place of frustration. Uh, but I am preaching from a place of God's word that tells you and I uh, that we, the church of Jesus Christ, uh, we are able to walk with power and authority and we are able to operate in a realm uh, where the enemy has to flee. So when you and I live in a culture, uh, we live in a community where it seems like darkness is overwhelming and it seems like it's even heavy to breathe, uh, you can blame it on any politician you want to or any political party you want to, but I'm telling you, you're wrong. Uh, the reality is it comes back to the pulpits of America and the men and women of God. Uh, you and I are the ones that have the authority to drive back darkness. Uh, a new election will not change our circumstance, uh, but what will change our circumstance uh, is is if my people will humble themselves and pray and will turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and then I will heal their land. I gotta tell somebody this morning, Lord help me, uh, you can be part of a church that was built by man uh, or you can be part of the blood-bought remnant of God uh, and you can be a world changer. Uh, but this morning, uh, I got to address the issue. Uh, we are settling uh, for living uh, and we have been sucked in, uh, pulled in uh, to say, well, we gotta do it this way and we gotta do it that way. Uh, no longer can we be this and no longer can we be that. Uh, listen, uh, I am not here to make sure that you like me. I'm not here to make sure that your feelings don't get hurt. Please don't misunderstand. I want you to like me and I will never intentionally hurt your feelings. But what a lot of people say, well, that hurt my feelings. No, it wasn't your feelings. It was the power of the Holy Ghost convicting you of sin. So please hear me this morning. We're in a culture today where we've gotten really good at singing songs, making people feel good, giving you feel good messages, uh, saying, oh, everybody gonna make it. Uh, all of this is gonna be okay, but I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, I have had too many times uh, to have to walk in and out of the houses of worship uh, just to say, what in the world is going on? Uh, listen, uh, I love you all. I, I'm your pastor, and you've been with me a long time, and I love you, uh, and, and, I, and I want what's best for you, uh, but I'm gonna tell you something. Some of you uh, are living in a cycle uh, that is not bringing and glory and honor to God uh, and you wonder why I just can't get any further I'm going to tell you why uh, it's because you've been pulled into a wayward church mentality uh, oh I'm just going to get through today I'm just going to get through today uh, but I got to take you back to the word of the Lord uh, and the Lord says to Peter listen uh, upon this rock I will build my church uh, upon the revelation that Jesus Christ is the ultimate authority uh, and no thing, nothing uh, in the heavenlies uh, nothing in the earth nothing beneath the earth uh, is able to unseat him from his authority. But however,
However, uh, not only do I have the authority, uh, but I am giving you something. Uh, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and therefore, uh, you, uh, as a born-again believer, yes, you, uh, you have the power and the ability uh, to lock things uh, and to unlock things. Uh, but the world tells us, uh, oh, you got to accept everything. Uh, you got to be all-inclusive. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, he did not go to Calvary uh, and do what he did uh, so that we uh, would embrace everything the world throws at us. Oh, but preacher, you're meddling. No, I'm not meddling. Uh, listen, uh, I want to give you a few things uh, that's found in Scripture. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to find the word of the Lord, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Most of you probably can quote this, and that's the scary thing. We can quote it, but what do we do with it after that? Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power... Tell your neighbor, maybe they'll listen to you better than me. All power. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, if that's not enough, Mark chapter 16, verse number 15, and the following. And Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, Lord, help me, Jesus. Do I have three hours? No, I have like 18 minutes. Help me, Jesus. We find this diagram or blueprint, if you will, for the church. You're to go. You're to teach. You are to operate in a realm of authority. It says that these signs will follow you. We're able to take dominion over the demonic kingdom. We're able to speak with new tongues. We're able to take up a serpent. We can drink any deadly thing. Doesn't mean you go play with snakes and it doesn't mean you go drink garbage. You, we all are intelligent enough to understand that. It means that no matter what you encounter on your path and on your journey, no matter how vicious and vile it may be, you can take dominion and authority over it. That's what he's saying. Everybody on the same page with that. 
I can insert there, and I have shared this before, a little vacation Bible school a few years ago, we had a guy from Indianapolis come bring a bunch of exotic animals and stuff with us, all right? And hit the star of the show was, uh, was a big python named Star. If a snake can be beautiful, it was beautiful. But the problem with it is of like two weeks later, Alvin and Lisa takes a little vacation to uh, Tennessee, and Kai was a little younger then, and they're in the aquarium, and he gets ahead of him a little bit into the reptile section. And he runs in and he sees a python about the same color as what they saw. And he turns around in front of all of these people and says, Papa, this is like the one we have at church. <laughs> True story. True story. I'm telling you. It's not, that's not what we're talking about in scripture, okay? Just, just want to, just, just, anything that, that, that is in your path, anything that's in your path does not have the ability to deter you because in faith you reach down and say, not today because I'm going forward. Our sole purpose, please hear me, is to evangelize the world. 2 Corinthians 4, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he simply says, he says, we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Please hear me tonight, this morning rather. He continues in verse 5 through verse number 7 in 2 Corinthians 4. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. There's something in us that the world doesn't have. There's authority, there's power, not in ourselves, but in the God that has took up residence in us. I'm sorry to inform you today, but I have to shout this from the rooftop today. You cannot be pulled in to the mold that men have created and become part of an unbiblical church that's so prevalent in our day. Because today the church of man says it's all about you and it's all about you and it's all about you. The church is designed for one purpose and that is to reap a harvest. It's not about your personal preference. It's not about my personal preference. If I had my personal preference, I'd do a lot of things differently. Please hear me. I'm just being honest with you. But if we're not bringing in the harvest today, does it matter how much you love what's looking back at you and saying, oh, we got it all together. We have no value. It doesn't matter how many buildings we build. It doesn't matter how much property we acquire. It doesn't matter how many attaboys we give each other. It doesn't matter how, how much emotion we have in the sanctuary. 
And I'm not against emotion. Doesn't matter how many times we shout. Doesn't matter how many times we shed a tear. Listen, all of those things are part of this, absolutely. But if that's all we have, we have nothing. We have become wayward. What do you mean, preacher? Is we have turned or we're in the process of turning from that which we was originally designed and created to be. We was designed and created to go. And please, please don't be offended by what I'm getting ready to say, but if the Holy Spirit convicts you, just self-examine and pray over it and say, God, do what needs to be done in my life to change it. But how well does the word go describe you and what you're doing with your faith? How many people have you shared Jesus with? But no, we've bought a lie nobody wants to hear anymore. No, that's not true. People are desperate, they're hurting, they're broken. They're searching. But the culture says, even church culture says, what I'm doing this morning is completely the opposite of what you should be doing if you want to grow a church. I'm not looking for numerical growth. We want that growth, absolutely. But we want it to be in a godly manner. Because if we're not growing people, it doesn't matter how many people we have. If we're not developing people, if we're not seeing a harvest reached, if we're not seeing men and women with a broken and contrite spirit falling before the presence of God and saying, God, do a work in me. And they operate in a place where they're free. Listen, for the last 30 years, and don't forget my disclaimer, this morning at the beginning of the service or before my message, I love the church. But for the last 30 years, the church, especially in America, we have failed tremendously because we have not discerned the difference between somebody getting touched and somebody getting free. There has been countless, countless men and women Come to our church services. Come to our revivals. Come to our conferences. Spend their hard-earned money. Give of themselves and of their time to come to find an answer. And we give them a touch and they never get free. Because we're part of a wayward church. Because we've turned and made it about everything except I'm not looking for somebody to get free for a day, a week, a month. I'm looking for somebody to get free for a lifetime. You say, oh, we had a great service today. Wonderful. 
Oh, I felt the presence of the Lord. Wonderful. But how did that service change the Whitewater Valley? How many people are free because of that service? How many people is walking in deliverance because of that service? not careful. We had our emotion. We had our goosebumps up and down our spine. Not against that. We shed our tears and said, oh, thank you, Jesus. And we should have. But what have we done after that? For 30 years or better, we just waited till we did that the next week and the next week. And we've become a wayward church. Please hear me. If we are not bringing in a harvest, if we are not seeing men and women delivered and set free, we have to reevaluate what we're doing. Proverbs 10 and 5 says, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. I wonder how many times that God looks down on Sunday morning and looks at the globe and sees the church assembled together. has to kind of drop his head and sit there not even focused on the harvest. They're not even concerned. Do you realize last weekend, four hours from here in Chicago, 38 people lost their life for no reason at all just because of violence. Then he's accounting about how many others was shot, taken into eternity. Every day, an hour away, in every direction, countless lives have been lost to violence, to addiction, to all sorts of things. But yet we are settling to do church instead of embracing the responsibility of being the church. God, help us this morning. You say, this is sobering. Yes, it is. You said, I didn't sign up for that. I come this morning to be encouraged and lifted up. Can I tell you, I want to encourage you and lift you up right now. There is no reason for us to continue in this cycle. Because if you are a man or a woman that says, I have surrendered my life to the Lord, then you have something in your possession. My question is, why aren't you using it? Because there is keys. He's given them to you and I. Now, what will we choose to do with them? Because when we begin to bind and loose things, it changes the whole atmosphere of our families, of our local community, our local church. But somebody has to take up the mantle and begin to do. It's not enough to know what to do. You have to embrace what you know to do. So I'm challenging us. As I charged Jacob and Sophie this morning to trust the Lord and to follow after him, I'm doing the same to every one of us in this room this morning because I I want you to understand what we have taught people is the pinnacle of Pentecost and walking with the authority of God is not even entry level there is so much more but somebody has to stand 
in this hour because our children and our children's children are hanging in the balance this morning. Madison, if you'd come, please. The Waitward Church of the 21st century, and I'm going to continue to dig into this a little bit, but I'm going to bring us to a close this morning. John chapter 4, 34 through 36, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. But behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Here's what I want you to understand today. Located right in the middle of the United States of America, you and I find ourselves nestled away in a little place called the Whitewater Valley. But there's something unique about this area. And that's why it's been fought so hard for so many years. There's been generations before us that came and they sowed, they sowed, they sowed, and they sowed, and they sowed, and they sowed. And the enemy would come along and tell you, ah, it's just no, it's no, no use, no this, no that. But if you would get your eyes from here and begin to look horizontally, you begin to see that the fields are white with harvest. Not four months from now, but right now. And there is no excuse for myself or for you who identify as a believer and a Christian to not go into that field and begin to reap a harvest. Now, when you go into the field, you got to deal with some things. You may get some scrapes and some scratches. You may have to go through some thorns and some thistles. But the harvest is worth gathering. But somebody's got to have a heart for it. Somebody's got to have a burden for it. The wayward church tells us all if they want to come, they'll come. When they get ready, they'll come. The Wayward Church says, I'll just, just, it's all about you and you got to be comfortable and you got to be this and you got to be that. It's, it's got to be, it's got to be tailored to you. No, 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 no. None of that is biblical. You and I have been instructed that we must put on the whole armor of God. We have to become willing to engage. I wonder this morning. Do we really have an appetite for the harvest? This morning, it's been a it's been a rough it's been a rough few days. I'll be transparent, and honest with you. It's been a rough few days. 
but there's many individuals in this room we've done life together for so long and we've had to walk through some dark times together uncertain times together with health with family with family loss and all of those things flood back But there's some things that we have walked through that we did not necessarily have to walk through per se if we operated in the level that God really has given us to operate in times in our lives you say that's a bold statement to make I just know this there is keys and there's an authority that's been given an issue with those keys where we can bind and we can loose. But there's some things that we need to understand. The scripture says there is some things that is only conquered through prayer and fasting. Through greater levels of faith. Through greater dimensions of walking this thing out. I'm not condemning us this morning, but I am calling us to a higher place. I'm calling us to go deeper and to go higher. Because there is an enemy that's doing everything in his power to destroy you and your family. And we must raise up a standard against him. We cannot be a wayward church. But we must be a biblically sound church. And that is accomplished when we walk in alignment with his word. As we stand all over the house this morning. culture says but then the Bible says we could go through any topic this morning and say the culture says but then the Bible says whether it be marriage whether it be gender or another whole host of issues we could talk about this morning While there's a wayward church saying it's all okay, there's a remnant that says God says it isn't okay. We find ourselves at a place of decision. And this morning, this morning, we must decide who we're going to be. We must decide this morning, will we pick up our cross daily and follow him? Will we go into the harvest? Will we bring in that which he has instructed us to do? But how do we accomplish that? Let's go back to realize he did not just give us keys, but he has given us the authority and he's did that through the gift of the Holy Ghost in our life. And here real soon, I'm going to take us on a journey through the Holy Spirit, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Probably in a manner that you've never walked through it. 
because it is vitally important that we understand that we have men and women that's walking and operating in the authority of God. Not a familiar spirit, but I'm talking about the spirit. This morning, let's reach a harvest. Let's reach a world. Let's make an impact. Let's make a difference. And let's refuse to be pulled in. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, Lord, as we stand together in your house with your people, Lord, we stand today knowing that you love us. We stand knowing that you are the one that goes before us, but you also go with us. In your word, it says that you'll never leave us, never forsake us, but you'll be with us always, even to the end. And Lord, we're not to the end yet. So we know you're still present. But Lord, today, we stand corporately today. And we just pray this prayer. Lord, if we have turned or in the process of turning from that which is right, please forgive us. For Lord, we do not want to be part of a wayward church of the 21st century. But we want to be the blood-bought remnant church. We want to be the bride of Christ that you have called us to be. So today, Lord, we pause and we pray. Lord, forgive us. Lord, give us direction. Give us guidance. We ask Holy Spirit to minister to every heart, every life that's under the sound of our voice this morning, right where we're standing. Lord, we're not looking for an emotional response today. We're looking for a heart response today. Lord, we're looking for there to be just a, an awareness and awakening in our lives in such a manner that we begin to see as you see and we feel as you feel and we desire what you desire. Lord, on this Sunday morning, your people have come to your house and Lord, it's good for us to be here because we are edified and equipped and encouraged, but Lord, even sometimes we're even challenged. Lord, today I, I sense that challenge today. But Lord, we accept that challenge. So Lord, today I pray that there would just be a breaking off of a spirit of intimidation that has plagued the body of Christ because countless times we hear, well, I just don't know if people would receive or be receptive or I just don't know if I'm qualified. I, I just don't know if I could. And, but Lord, the enemy has, has handcuffed us, so to speak, and placed us in chains in a manner that's kept us from fulfilling our purpose and our commission. So Lord, I speak words of freedom over every individual, no matter what their gifting may be, no matter what their calling may be, no matter what their position may be. Lord, today I just release them to be the man of God, the woman of God that you have called them to be for such a time as this. Lord, help us 
to be the hands and feet that you're calling us to be. Lord, let our hearts be turned towards you today. Lord, as we start a brand new week, we've started in your house by lifting you up in song and setting and hearing your word today. Lord, I pray that your people would be blessed. I pray that they would be blessed in the field, blessed in the city, blessed going in and blessed going out. Let everything that they put their hands to bring glory and honor to you. Help us, Lord, at the beginning of this week to self-examine. And Lord, if there's things that need to be removed out of our lives, give us the courage and the strength and the wisdom to do it. But Lord, if there's things in our lives that needs to be strengthened, Lord, give us the ability to do that through your word and by your spirit. But Lord, I pray for doors of opportunity to be open to every individual under the sound of our voice today. Opportunities to share the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. The anointing, Lord, let it settle down afresh upon your people and let, as they speak, let that anointing be the catalyst that begins to penetrate the heart of the individuals that they speak to, where there would be an openness and a sensitivity to your word and to your plans that you have for those individuals. So today, Lord, we're believing for increase. We're believing for harvest. We're believing for blessing upon your people today. So today, Lord, we pray, let your face shine brightly upon them and give them blessed peace. And the church says, Lord, everybody, Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you. If you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you. We love you. And we just say to you today, that he is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.